You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number five, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. Justin. And Andy. We are four guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. Tonight, our Toy of the Week and our discussion topic is the new Marvel Legends Wave 1 and 2. Welcome, everyone, and whether you're listening for the first time or you've been with us from the beginning, thanks very much for checking in to episode five of the Action Figure Blues podcast. Gentlemen, how are we all this evening? Very good. Thank you. Good, thank you. And what have we all been up to this week? Oh, I spent the day actually getting comics onto my iPad. That was fun. Really? Yeah, I decided to try it out and uh, had a bit of a go at iTunes, one of the most loathed programs ever. But in the end, I got it worked out, and I have to say, it's, it's actually very cool. So you're getting your digital comics through iTunes? or uh, No, no. I managed to acquire some from a friend just to try out. Okay. And uh, then I just had to work out how to get them onto the iPad because they were those um, CBR or CBZ or combination thereof. And oh, I see. Yeah, I downloaded a a reader and uh, it works really well. It's it's a it's a great medium. It's the kind of thing that I'm finding really useful, particularly for you know comics that I'm not quite sure about or maybe aren't keepers. Um, it is a, it definitely is a great way to read. Great way to read. Justin, yeah. what have you been up to? Just a family day. Uh, been uh, involved in some animal rescue during the day. <laughs> 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 been playing Mr. Mum for most of the day again and. Yeah, uh, good on you, mate. Sort of winding down now. <laughs> oh, sure. Wind, wind down with us. We'll 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 help you wind down really, really well. <laughs> and Andy, what about yourself? Well, I decided to um, gather just a bit of uh, trivia for our listeners. Oh. Um, as as our listeners would know, we're all in Australia, but um, I just thought you they might be interested to know exactly how far apart we all are while we're doing this podcast. Oh, cool. Excellent. Now, to give our listeners an idea, if you look at a map of Australia, I'm in North Queensland, so I'm at the pointy bit on the right-hand side, right up the top. Uh, The next closest member of our podcast to me is Justin. He's 1,877 kilometres away from me which is 1166.4 miles, if you use that system. Oh, great conversion, Andy. Great <laughs> yeah. conversion. Off the top of your head, too. Off the top of my head, yeah. <laughs> I spent hours on this. Then the next closest to Justin is Eli. And they're only 78 kilometres apart, which is 48 and a half miles. So they're a bit closer. And then from Eli, we go down to Ben in Canberra. He's 271 kilometres away from Eli, which is 168.4 miles. And then from Ben right down to Scott is 681 kilometres, which is 423.2 miles. So if you're looking at a podcast, from me up the top to Scott down the bottom, 
It's 2,599 kilometres, which is 1,615 miles. Whoa. When we say we're close, we don't mean literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know coming from you know the American perspective that you know most people don't realise that continental Australia is you know about the same size as the continental US. Um, you know, it is a it, particularly um, the way that it's represented a lot on maps and you know, and things that you see. You get the idea that it's smaller. You know, a much smaller population, but almost the same land size it's just that a lot of our land isn't terribly habitable <laughs> but, yeah well if you, if you took my state into uh, consideration you'd fit texas in the queensland four and a half times well, give you an idea of size well there you go folks don't say that you never learned anything by listening to the action figure blues podcast that's right <laughs> sometimes it's action short... figures sometimes it's geography that's right With my short-term memory i've forgotten all that in five minutes uh, <laughs> you called me a good moment <laughs> <laughs> I thanks so much for that, Andy. Yeah, very cool. I am um, my, my oldest daughter is a, a superhero fan like myself, and we finally managed to watch Justice League Doom today. Uh, yes. anybody oh, yes. anybody else seen it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, I am. I, um, I, I have very mixed feelings about it. I thought as a that this is the new DC animated feature for those that may not be sure. Um, as a movie on its own. Um, I thought it was quite passable. Um, it's you know what we're familiar with now from those films. A lot of the voice cast is the same as other films. Um, it's got some strong links to Justice League Unlimited as well, just in terms of style. Although it's quite different, I thought it was a you know a, my daughter really enjoyed it. I thought you know I thought it was a serviceable movie, but um, as an adaptation of Grant Morrison's uh, JLA story Tower of Babel, I was pretty disappointed with it because they got rid of Aquaman. And yeah. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, and replaced him with Cyborg. Let's 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 not go there. Um, no. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously they're wanting something that reflects the new um, the new JLA. But Aquaman's in the new JLA, so why they had to get rid of him, I have no idea. So well, that's right. I mean, Cyborg replaced Martian Manhunter, which is my irk. But <laughs> well, Martian Manhunter's in the movie. Like, replace it. Yeah. That's that, I mean, that's weird. That yeah, I know. It's just so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I you know, I thought it was actually quite a good film, but I just was really disappointed that um, they got rid of my guy. Mm. I um, I actually found the mix mixed animation really distracting. Um, for you guys that haven't seen it, one of the things that sort of kept taking me out of the movie is the. The S emblem on Superman's chest was was very classic, almost sort of Fleischer animation, sort of classic. Yet his face mm. was drawn with a very sort of Michael Turner youthfulness. It was a real mixed bag, and I actually found that a little distracting at times. Mm. I, I That's just me, I you know. That. <laughs> Ben's Ben's our details guy. I'm the guy that sees the camera crew reflected in the window, and you know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> what are, you, are you guys catching up with um, Young Justice? Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, I really like it. It's um, it's a good mix there. I had uh, questions when I saw the the first design for Aqualad, mm-hmm. but um, I'm really enjoying the show. Yeah, I, 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 my daughter loves it. She's um, collecting all of the toys. In fact, we're going to talk about you know, some new Young Justice stuff in a moment. Um, and she she's a big fan. I think that I find that the mix of who the characters are supposed to be um, is a bit strange in that 
um, you know, it's that it's Dick and it's it's Wally, isn't it? Not not Barry. Um, yeah. So you kind of have yeah. to put aside just the whole comics continuity thing. You know, I, I wish they they just can't make up their minds with that. But as a an animation, you know, as a series, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, before we head on to the news, just a couple of things that we should mention. Please listen to the end. Um, well, please listen to the end always, but particularly this episode because um, we've got two things to share at the end. The first is we're going to draw and announce the winner of our Pimp the Podcast competition. Yeah, and it's it's uh, been great to uh, see the response that we've gotten from uh, from listeners. Uh, you know, we've had uh, links to uh, on on uh, listeners' blogs and websites, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we even had one person make a YouTube uh, video for us. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that if there was any images. No, it was it was just sound. But now <laughs> it's just sound, and yeah, you didn't agree to that. No, no, no. Um, but now we know how one of our forum members um, sounds when they talk, which is always interesting. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And Ben, we've got something else exciting to share at the end as well. Yeah, another special announcement at the end of the show. We've got a bit of an offshoot happening of the podcast. Yep, we're just five episodes in. We've already got our own spin-off show. Yeah. <laughs> we must be a Marvel. We, we must be a Marvel, seriously, if we're getting a spin-off That's right. already. That's right. And to be fair, this spin-off show did actually come out of uh, a couple of suggestions that we had from our listeners. So, yeah, it's not all about us. That's correct. So speaking of the five episodes thing, I should mention, I, I was hoping to, you know, seeing this as our fifth episode, I thought I probably should, you know, give you guys something and I forgot to look up what, you know, what you do for the, the fifth podcast. It's probably like lint or a belly button fluff <laughs> or something, but um, I just want you to know that the thought was there, okay? Nice. Okay, yeah. Right. Is it like going to be a, um, a TV spin-off, you know, when uh, they get replaced with a fresher, younger cast and they move to a new town and then, like, one of the old stalwarts come in, like Fonz visits or something like that? Mm. Or it could Just be, wondering. like, you know, kind of 80s drama style where there'll be, a, you know, a big cliffhanger with an explosion or something. You have to wait and see who survives. Ah, awesome. Yeah. And one of us was just uh, having a dream. And oh. The second run of the season. Oh. Spoilers! Far out. Oops. Okay. All right. All right. Before we muck this up any further, let's get things started with some articulated news. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Now, these are just the stories that relate to the things that we're interested in, so don't rely on us for a comprehensive toy news service. But there are a few things that caught our eye this week. And Justin, you have our first piece of news this evening. Okay, guys, so get ready to groan again. It's uh, DC Universe All-Stars News. Mm. Yes, came across the internet today uh, that the retailer, or e-tailer, I should say, Big Bad Toy Store, which I guess would be the biggest, if not the biggest, I guess, uh, for action figures, have been informed by Mattel that um, the DC Universe All-Stars uh, basically, to be get ready for a change now. Uh, wave one will now be uh, the uh, sorry would be uh, Red Robin, uh, Superboy Prime, the new JLA Batman, and the new JLA Superman. So at this stage, it's all a bit up in the air. We don't know about the other figures that have been announced at this stage. Um, I guess in the next couple of days, we'll get some sort of uh, notice from Mattel, oh, and basically. Lucky. Here we go again. 
it's um, I actually probably like that lineup better than some of the other things they've been talking about, like Flashpoint and Plastic Man. But yeah, it just doesn't, you know, they just don't have their act together. And the thing that that frustrates me is that for all the song and dance that they make about communicating with fans, um, they do stuff like this where we find out through the grapevine instead of from an announcement and it just creates more confusion. Yeah, yeah correct but... me if I'm oh, sorry. No, no correct on. me if I'm wrong that, um, that there was a Superman All-Star Wave announced a while ago, about 12 months ago, that was uh, put up for pre-order and then taken down and then there was a bit of kerfuffle about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, to be fair, I um, I actually think this is an improved wave. Uh, I was really against the whole Flashpoint, Plastic Man, etc. But I wonder if this is actually some kind of reaction to feedback, um, not just sort of the, the interweb feedback that we see on the forums, but even, you know, maybe pre-orders on Big Bad Toy Store were so low that, you know, this is a reaction to that too. There was a huge backlash to the first wave and the second wave when it was announced originally, if you remember, like, as you say, Flashpoint, Plastic Man, Batman Beyond, everyone, I didn't know anyone who was keen for that. Mm. And then um, Laughly's, no one was really excited about that fella. Mm. And then the Supergirl repaint wave too, it's like a Supergirl figure that no one likes and they were just going to repaint it and chuck it out there again. Yeah. I think it was a result of the backlash. Mm. I, I'd, I'd like to think that, but I just don't have quite enough faith in, in Mattel that they actually respond to those things. And to be fair, you know, I have read people today who are really upset that they're not getting low fleas and you know, at the moment. Um, so it is a, it is confusing. I, I mean, I think to be fair to them, they didn't get, you know, much lead time for the DC reboot and the direction from, um, DC about taking the you know the figures to at retail to the modern stuff. They back back at San Diego last year. They really were having to think on their feet, and you know they they put stuff out there without firm plans. But they've had long enough now to make something concrete and give people you know more of a sense of confidence of what's happening and things like this. Um, particularly when it's a change that's communicated through another source instead of through them, it just you know, doesn't inspire confidence, does it? Yeah. Oh, look, can I just do a quick head count? Um, Scott, how many of the four figures would you get? Of these new figures? Yeah. I would definitely get the Red Robin because yeah. I, I like that that outfit and I think that um, you know it, that it can improve on the DC Direct version. Um, you know, if I'm going to buy new 52 designs of the big characters, I'm going to buy the DC direct versions just because, you know, they will be a bit more detailed and I'd rather have that than the cookie cutter bucks. I'd say probably one. What about you, Justin? I'd probably actually get, uh, Red Robin and Superboy Prime. I mean, visually that's a, that's a good looking figure. I don't, I I really have no opinion on that Superman costume, and I don't really need another Batman at all, <laughs> yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah. But two out of that first four for me. Andy? Yeah, well, um, as you know, I don't collect many of the Mattel figures at all. I mean, I'm contemplating Red Robin purely because, as you guys know, I'm quite a big Kingdom Come fan, and the DC Direct Red Robin... I, has always annoyed me because he's so much tinier than the other figures in that wave. Yeah, he's too short. I sort of, yeah, and I sort of, 
I want to see how this guy turns out. If he turns out, all right, I'll replace my DC direct one for this one. But other than that, I've got no interest in the wave at all myself. But I'm not one of Mattel's sort of um, loyal followers, I suppose you'd say. So it's, um, it's a bit up in the air for me. Yeah, look, I agree. I, uh, Red Robin and Superboy Prime are probably definite for me. I'm a little disturbed that Red Robin is on such a big buck. Um, it could be just the photo, but he looks like he's on one of the larger Mattel well, He's got bus. an older face too. If he's supposed to be mm. the Tim, he's, he's got an older face. And yeah, I, w- I would have thought he'd be on the buck that, say, Guardian or someone like that was on. Um, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just sort of smaller um look superman's definitely an out for me uh if i had to get the set of four he'd go straight in the fodder bin um uh, and uh, i don't know i'm actually a little bit taken with the batman um i'm not normally a fan of short-eared batman um my perfect batman is kind of a hybrid of something that john bolton and simon bisley would do and I, I got pretty close to that with the um, the Arkham City Batman, so I don't know. I'll have to have a bit of a look, and you know, potentially it um, it could actually be my default sort of DCU Classics Batman. Okay, mm. so okay. B- bit of Mattel stuff to to start off, and not all of it happy. And Andy, what about you? What news are you bringing today? Oh, I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> you, you sound it too. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> no, um, Big Bad Toy Store actually started soliciting toys for the Hobbit movie. Um, rather preemptive, considering we're not really supposed to see anything till closer to um, Comic-Con, and that they won't be released till October, November of this year. But um, we've already got a fair idea of what's going to be out in the first waves. There's going to be um, three and three quarter inch figures and six inch figures, which is very exciting. No real info on what are in the sets yet, but um, apparently Bridge Direct, they were involved in, um, remember those armies of Middle Earth figures? They were about two inches tall. They had all sorts of play sets and all sorts of stuff oh, like that. Oh, all yes. quite, yeah. quite highly detailed. Well, they're the ones who've taken over this. And it's all rumour and speculation and not a lot of um, solid concrete evidence, although apparently some of these figures have been sighted behind closed doors, apparently. Um, apparently they've made them very compatible to the Toy Biz line from uh, the, three, the three movies. So... Um, but are you a little bit apprehensive that Bridge Direct, I mean, when you walk into a toy store at the moment, the um, mm. the biggest thing they're known for is the Justin Bieber doll and the appalling Zuzu pets. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. A bit nervous. They did really well with the armies in Middle Earth, and <laughs> apparently there are some um, ex-Toy Biz people over there. Okay. So... So I've got, my hopes are high. I mean, I didn't collect all the complete range of figures that came out for the three movies because that would have just been insane. Yeah. <laughs> but um, who would do that? You know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I, I got the Fellowship. I got several versions of Gandalf, and um, I loved all the prologue stuff. I've got a whole stack of prologue elves. And, and so um, Bridge Direct, I've never heard of them. They're the Zuzu Pet people. They are. How did they oh. get the Hobbit license? Mm, uh, who knows? <laughs> that is bizarre. 
I think it's I think it's just their really it's their connection to um to the the old toy line and uh, the fact they've got toy biz people over there now. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. See, I mean, there's not a I, I can't find a lot of information on it, but um, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of uh, secret squirrel stuff going on at the moment with it. <laughs> we need to get someone from Bridge Direct on the show. Exactly. Sounds like an insurance company. It does. <laughs> we better check with them that we're pronouncing the name right too. That's right. Yeah, you know that could be. It could yeah. be Bridge first time. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've got high hopes that they, you know, they will be compatible because I'd love a set of the the main dwarf characters to go with all my other stuff. It would just be brilliant. So I'm excited but apprehensive. I'm really looking forward to this film. I don't think I'll be collecting any of the toys, but I'm really looking forward to the film. My my eldest and I just finished reading The Hobbit a little while ago, and so we're both pretty hyped up for it. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been I've keeping track. Up. Sorry. No, you're right, mate. I was just going to say I've been keeping track of the um, the updates on YouTube with Peter Jackson behind the scenes. I think there's a three-part yeah. series. Mm-hmm. You can see all the, all the, um, the dwarves in costumes. It, it looks like it's going to be... Really, really good movie as well. Oh yeah, fantastic! No, it's, um, I'm, I'm so glad that Jackson took the helm back. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, 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 I'm staying apprehensive about it. But I'm very excited. Um, time will tell, of course. We've got a few months to. I'd say we're going to get a good taste of it at um, Comic Con. So, yes. Hopefully, by yep. then we'll we'll have a clearer idea of what's going on and whether we can start celebrating or. Crying and moving on to something else. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Andy. Now, Ben, no, ben you've got a different kind of news tonight. Uh, yeah, there was actually a, an interesting little uh, tidbit on uh, Action Figure Insider in regards to the layoffs at Hasbro. Apparently, they've sacked uh, 170 people, hmm. citing uh, underperformance in a number of areas. Hmm. And I, I assume that means lines as opposed to, you know, people. Yeah. Mm. So, which um, I, I was thinking about it and wondering whether this was sort of newsworthy. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was because um, for, I mean, when, when we walk into a Toys R Us, you, you as collectors of toys and, and similar items, um, a company like Mattel is not that visible to us because, you know, they have these huge lines like Barbie and, well, I don't know about you, but I don't tend to wander down the Barbie aisle much, but... Um, Hasbro, on the other hand, are extremely visible. Uh, I mean, at my local Toys R Us, Hasbro just rules the, the action figure aisles between, you know, you've got Star Wars, G.I. Joe, there's all the superhero stuff. Um, we've even got an aisle completely devoted to Nerf and Super Soaker. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's actually quite interesting. I mean, they've got a lot of licenses. Um, I mean, there's probably even some licenses you don't even realise are, are actually Hasbro, like the... Um, the Pixar Cars line, true, which true. Oh, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, it had half an aisle to itself. And, yeah, uh, mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know about you guys, but Hasbro is pretty much everywhere. The fact that they're, they're saying sluggish sales, and yet they have the Ben 10 licence too, don't they? Is that right? Is that I think Is that Bandai? I think it's I Bandai. Know. Oh, it's yeah. Bandai. Okay, no worries. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the Star Wars product alone, I mean, it's still fun. Exactly. From what I yeah. can tell. Yeah. So I guess the only way we and, can put... Um, Sorry, man. No, go on. No, uh, the only thing I think you can really put this down to is um, is maybe the cost of the licences. 
you know, the, maybe Hasbro is just forking out squillions of dollars for for names like Transformers and GI Joe and Star Wars and that that kind of name. Did did they say where the jobs came from? Like what types of jobs they've gotten rid of? No, it actually mentions that. Well, <laughs> they've got this really bizarre sort of statement that said. Um, uh, the need for different skill sets in the company's workforce to better uh, align with a quickly evolving business, um, which oh, just sounds grief. like one of those generic kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose the question is: Is a lot of their stuff being manufactured in China, like everyone else, or are they are they still manufacturing some stuff in the USA or whatever, and they could be outsourcing that, you know? Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to know, you know, a bit more about where that's come from. Hopefully, it's not underperformance, or at least not underperformance of the things that we care about. That's right. We care about toys, not people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I noticed just one thing this week, which I um, saw at a couple of sites, but I think Action Figure Insider had first details about new Young Justice toys, including a continuation of the six-inch line with Kid Flash. Um, these these are interesting to me because, as I mentioned before, my elder daughter is right into the show and also into collecting the, the toys. And these six-inch figures are really fantastic sets. The All the ones that my daughter has got are still in the box because the way that they are presented is really in almost a diorama form you know for instance artemis um you know posed shooting a bow and arrow and there's other stuff in the background as well and um the kid flash packaging looks fantastic um it's got some great stuff in there and they're also continuing the um three and three quarter inch line as well with stuff that we knew about already which is black manta and shazam um but it's great to see that 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 line's still going i really hope that they don't stiff us on miss martian in six inch um we're getting her in the, the the smaller scale, but um, I hope that they finish the team with that. We'll we'll, we'll see. It is Mattel after all. Yeah, we got Artemis, so hopefully they're not going to roll out the old female figures don't sell sort of line that they have. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, if no one has anything else, then that wraps up articulated news. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. and the heavily armored evac fighter. Send in the Marines! Blast them! Yeah! And bottle them! And it's bye-bye bug, each sold separately. Aliens! We are all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made from episode to episode. Andy, let's start with you. Anything new on the shelf or in pre-orders this week? Yes, I actually found some uh, toys to order this week, which are quite exciting for me. (laughs) Um, The Young Justice Martians 2-pack, Jean and Miguel, hopefully I've said that right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyone that knows me knows that um, my two sort of primary focuses are both Batman and uh, the Martian Manhunter, so... When I first saw this solicitor, I had to have it, and uh, 
it's finally come out and I ordered I was actually hoping it'd be here by this weekend but it hasn't arrived as we all know international shipping is a bit of a crapshoot never but um <laughs> this is very exciting they're going to go really well with my Martian collection this is my first Miss Martian figure so it's quite a bonus I mean yeah. I mean I've sent you guys a picture of them they're yes. um they're beautifully done yeah, I've got the um uh, the other two packs in this line stored away at the moment for my eldest for um, upcoming birthday, etc. And they really are very nice figures. Um, so I'll be interested to see this as well. I really love Miss Martian as a character. And, you know, I think that what they did with her, I mean, obviously was a bit um, chopped and changed by some of the stuff that happened um, in brightest day, etc. But I, I thought she actually, you know, had a, had a lot of potential, and I lo- I really love her in the cartoon as well. So I'll be really interested to see this when my daughter gets it. Indeed, yeah, no. So that's my my progress this week. I haven't had any luck in the in the great poster hunt that I spoke about the other week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no luck at all. But um, I picked. I actually picked up a couple of um movie posters though for my collection that um. Picked up from a guy from uh, Hong Kong, I think it was. They're actually printed on silk. Wow. And they arrived on Thursday, and it's quite a heavy silk. It's quite a thick silk, but the actual print on them is stunning. I'm actually really impressed for the price. So um, I was a bit dubious, but for the price, I thought, why not? I'll have a look. And, yeah, no, I'm thrilled to bits. I just wish they did some comic stuff on them too, because I'd I'd prefer to have these to the old paper stock, (laughs) because... They they are quite amazing. Are they are they really heavy? Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite it, it's it, it's de- it's definitely silk, but it's quite a thick material. So um, so it's kind of caught me by surprise actually. I, mean, I actually expect them to be quite thin, but they are they are quite heavy and well worth it looking into if you're looking for posters and something a bit different because I can recommend that the print quality on them is stunning. They're they're they're, they're perfect. And so, we didn't know you were such a big fan of 101 Dalmatians. Well, between that and Finding Nemo and uh, <laughs> and um, um, the Little Princesses series, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Fantastic. The, th- the things you learn about people when you do a podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, so is that all for you this week, Andy? That's it. That's quite good for me, actually. <laughs> okay, that is. It is. You're right. Sorry, I shouldn't say that's all. <laughs> Justin, what about you? Okay, once again, I'm sort of uh, backfilling my collection. Uh, I was able to get uh, the DC UC Crime Syndicate of America pack at a more reasonable price in uh, from the US via a contact over there. Um, I was also able to get my hands on the, I don't know if you guys remember about a year ago, it was the Captain America and Thor comic book series, which were the exclusives at Walmart. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Um, yes, I was able to get those. Apparently, they were, were sort of older stock, so they came through on a good price as well. This is oh, a, these are six-inch figures, right? They are all yeah, six-inch yeah. figures, yeah. So that's I don't have them in hand, but they're definitely on their way. Excellent. Oh, I hope you get a better sea turtle than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, um, you know, for our non-Australian listeners, the um, Crime Syndicate pack, the, is a, a Walmart exclusive 
um, for DC Universe Classics, which presents a problem for us here in Australia because we don't have Walmart. Um, and quite often with the, the retailer exclusive figures, even for chains that we do have, like Target or Kmart, for example, those generally don't make it here to Australia. Um, so that the all the Walmart exclusive stuff that Mattel did with DC Universe Classics um, made quite a challenge for us if we wanted to get them here in Australia. Yeah. I have to say, I have walked through my local Toys R Us and seen Star Wars figures on the shelf with a Target exclusive sticker on them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, some Toys R Us um, exclusive stuff does make it here. It does. But I haven't seen, uh, you know, the Target exclusive, you know, Justice League Unlimited things never made it to Australia. Um, And not having a Walmart, we didn't have much hope of getting those. So um, thankfully there are some great... Uh, collectors who understand our plight that live in the states that, that that's how I got my um, crime syndicate pack actually um, was from an American fellow on the AFB board. I'll just say I don't know if you guys remember when Mattel first took over the DC license and um, we uh, they had the DC superheroes figures the Batman and Superman figures and um, I was actually sending a lot of them overseas to friends because it was the reverse. Yes. We were, we were getting all this stuff that they weren't getting overseas. It was, it was quite a different scenario back then. It was very odd. Yes. Well, we yeah, do occasionally I'm... get things dumped here that might be end-of-line things that they decide not to you know, continue selling in the States because they're moving on to something else. Um, and that, that was the case with some of those you know, Batman figures like the original Bane and Scarecrow, which... You, know, you could find here really easily. They were in supermarkets and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but they never were never released in the States. So it was a very short period of time where we could actually be the ones making scalping money on eBay if we <laughs> wanted to. Um, <laughs> oh, it's right. There were two particular figures I picked up so many for people overseas. There was a Batman with a bat signal. I can't remember what he's called now. And there was another one, a very hyper-articulated Batman. Yep. I remember. He had a tiny head, but (laughs) brilliant figure. (laughs) But I I picked up so many of those at at, at cheap shops here, Mm -hmm. you know, like your your two dollar type shops, and we're sending them overseas. Ridiculous. Occasionally, it works the other way. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So, Justin, anything else for you? No, that's about it for this week. Okay. For me, Ben. What about you? Um, yeah, actually tying in with the podcast last week when you guys were talking about the new Sideshow premium format Storm figure, um, I was one of those people that looked at it and kind of had to tilt my head from side to side. Um, at first, I wasn't sold on it. Uh, from the neck down, she's absolutely gorgeous, mm, mm. Uh, beautifully, beautifully How many girls have you met like that, you know? Oh, look... And she, look, to be honest, she actually does have that sort of full figure look compared to the, the normal sort of really slim sort of hips that you see on, on some of the Bowens and the sideshows. But I was a little bit um, put off by the head. The face was uh, a very sort of V-shaped, very chiseled. Her eyes were sort of quite, um, quite prominent. But then the sideshow exclusive has a swap out portrait or a swap out head uh, and the hair is slightly different but this um, this version also has her sort of powered up so her eyes are just white mm-hmm. and 
that that second head sold it for me. Uh, I I really really liked it. And normally I'm on the other way around. It's normally the the normal head that I'm happy with, and the portrait is just sort of a bonus. And and I'm not really fussed one way or the other. But um, yeah, look, I, that really sold me on it. And thanks once again to Sideshow and their payment plans. And uh, yeah, I pulled the trigger on that one. Okay. Yeah. Is that all for you, Ben? That's all for me. Yeah, I also ended up ordering Storm. I, as I said last week, I was not sure at all about the um, the regular head and just the, the pick, and I had kind of written it off in my brain, but it's actually sculpted by Mark Newman, who's one of my mm. favorite sculptors, and I follow him on, on Facebook, and I just happened to see that he, post, he posted some pics um of this of his original sculpts for the heads and as soon as i saw the photo of the exclusive head i was really sold and i I do think partly it was the angle of the other photo as well i mean i can see that he's gone for a specific style with the you know and the features of, of the face and you know it is a certain um approach but the the powered up White Eyes had really sold it for me. So, um, yeah, thank, thanks, Sideshow, for that great payment plan. So you can take my money, but just a little bit more slowly. That's right. Um, otherwise, I did get one other new thing this week, and that was um, the first installment of the Voltron subscription Club Lion from Mattel, which I... Um, the only reason I signed up for this is because it seems to be a fairly finite line to me in terms of you know we're going to get the different lions that by by the end of the year you'll be able to build Voltron so it's the kind of thing that um you know I'm certainly not in for the long run but I thought I'd give a go and I'm definitely not unhappy with um this the the Lance figure is you know it's very um small scale three and three quarter inch and not particularly detailed so i'm not terribly interested in the pilot figures but the lion i've got to say is fantastic you know it's a really um fun thing to play with and once you get them all together i'm I'm pretty excited about that um and then i also got an ebay purchase um which are a couple of old bowen statues um bowen's got new fantastic four statues coming out over the next year there's a, a great thing uh, which I'm really looking forward to. But they're also doing a, a three-pack of um, Reed, Sue, and Johnny, which I'm just not sold on. It's They're kind no. of you know, unpowered um, versions, and particularly the, the Johnny just doesn't really grab me. So I decided no. instead of getting that to see if what the eBay prices were on the um, – original Bowen Fantastic Four statues, and uh, I haven't managed to um, find a Human Torch yet, but I managed to find a Mr. Fantastic and an Invisible Girl from the same seller in the States, and got combined shipping, and a really, um, quite a good price on the statues. Um, there were auctions, but nobody else bid, so there you go. Oh, very nice. Yes, and I have to say, the oh. Mr. Fantastic in particular is amazing. It's, you know, yeah. the one where it's him st- stretching out, so it's kind of like just from the waist up but it's a huge statue it is um, yeah. and it's a very kirby-esque uh face and i i'm so happy that i didn't um spend any money pre-ordering that that new three pack that's coming up because i absolutely love it um it's it's bigger than what i was imagining so it's going to be a bit of a display challenge but um they got here in great shape um, I love them, and I'm definitely glad that I went in that direction. 
Yeah, those new ones that Bowen has done, um, they do absolutely nothing for me. The idea of a, a generic museum pose of Reed Richards is uh, just a wasted slot. Um, I just look at it and I just think, blah, uh, yeah. here I am. I'm I'm still waiting for my Shang-Chi, uh, <laughs> master of kung fu. And, you know, I just some of the choices that Bowen is making at the moment just just blow me away. I mean, we're getting full-size statues of characters like Gladiator, and by Gladiator I don't mean, you know, of the, the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. I mean the, the Daredevil villain, um, you know, who's who's made sort of a couple of dozen appearances or whatever, and, you know, Shang-Chi, who, you know, who anchored two series at the same time um, and, you know, still no love. Yeah, it's one of the things, I mean, I could, with these Fantastic Four statues, I, you know, the whole idea behind them is that, um, it's a, a Fantastic Four that you can display all together if you just want them as a team. Um, so you know, I can see I can see that, but it just I think they've just missed a little bit on the individual, you know, um, the individual statues. I think one of the things about Bowen which I love is that he's got his own interests, and he, um, you know, I think that what what Randy Bowen likes and doesn't like in the Marvel Universe has a big um, part to play in what he chooses to make and fair enough because it's his business and he's been doing it for a while and he does it well so you, a, a character like that um the daredevil gladiator is a a great example you know the only reason that he's there is because randy bowen likes that character um yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's, it's a, interesting I, I get the impression that that Randy doesn't read a lot of modern comics. No. Um, he, he seems to be quite unfamiliar with some of the new incarnations. Yeah. So that's just another reason that makes me wonder why Shang-Chi hasn't seen uh, the light of day. But um, well, I, I think that's probably two things. One, you know, they they um, they, they get their, their list passed by Marvel, and I know that he's mentioned that Shang-Chi's on a list, but also it's obviously just not a high-priority character for him. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. I, I've got a couple of characters that I, um, you know, to, from, with my Avengers Bone collection in particular, you know, there's characters um, like uh, the second Captain Marvel, the Monica Rambeau, who changed mm. her name to Photon, who is actually one of, when you look at issue numbers, one of the longest-serving Avengers um, who, you know, Randy Bowen has basically said, no, nah, don't like the character, not interested in making her. Mm. And, you know, that is totally his call, and, you know, it's his business, and I take my hat off to him for, um, you know, he's doing something to, you know, make himself happy as well as, you know, people out there. And I love the way he interacts with fans. Yeah. But, you know, it does mean that sometimes if you have a particular character that you're really passionate about that, um, you know, if, if, if Randy doesn't like them, then you may never see them. <laughs> yeah, well, there goes my life, my um, full-size leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, it sounds like that's it for our purchases and pre-orders this week. Am I correct in that? That's it. Okay. Well, we will take a short break, and we are going to come back and award another red card to something or someone out there in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at some of the stranger moments in our hobby, which might be an unusual announcement or a complete fail of an action figure or something even a little bit more unusual. And that's the kind of story that we have tonight. And I'm handing over to Ben to tell us all about it. Oh, thanks, Scott. 
Um, now, I'm sure you guys are going to find this really strange, but um, I had an unusual conversation with a seller on eBay. Oh, no way. Yeah, I know. It's just oh. bizarre. Bizarre. <laughs> um, just giving some quick background, um, a couple of you guys might be familiar with a little custom I did late last year when uh, I did the Mangog, the Thor villain Mangog, and... Uh, I was so pleased with the way he came out. Um, he was based on a 13-inch Rotocast Hulk figure that came out the same time as the movie. And it was such a good base figure that uh, I'm actually after another one to do another character who shall remain uh, remain anonymous for now, unless okay. I uh, enter him in a future competition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, that's right. So... Um, well, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you, you know which characters I like and don't like, and, you know, these guys have... Uh, it's only Bucky! So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these guys only have so many giant-sized giant villains. But uh, anyway, um, I, you know how we all have our little routine eBay things that we type in, just doing a bit of a search, and this uh, Hulk figure is one of those ones that I'm after. Um, they're not easy to come by, and... Um, I haven't seen one for sale in Australia yet. So I was doing my search recently when I actually came across one for sale in Melbourne. And the opening bid was just $12. And I thought, score, this is great, this is perfect, it's within Australia, uh, postage will be, you know, bugger all, and I'll get this for a really good deal. Then I had a bit of a look at the auction and I noticed that the guy had local pickup only. And I thought, local pickup only? I mean, this is a 13-inch plastic toy, you know. We're not talking about a display cabinet here. Uh, and so I thought, okay, you know, he's in Melbourne. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just do my usual thing and I'll send him a message. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I'm often sort of sending these little messages and uh, leaving feedback for, for sellers. And so I've got a little Word document with the, the sort of standard quotes that I use in feedback and things. And I've got a few, you know, about, hi, you know, would you post this, et cetera, et cetera. So... I fired off a query to the guy saying, would you be prepared to post it? And, you know, assuming that, you know, the guy would reply with a pretty sort of standard, yeah, sure, response. And he actually responded and he said, yes. And I thought, oh, okay, Ooh, that was okay. it. And there was, <laughs> I thought, okay, well, we're off and running. That's not too bad. So I responded and said, okay, well, can you give me just a, a quote? Because you know how you just can't be sure that they're not going to come back with some kind of stupid price or something. So mm. I said, can you give me a quote? And the guy came back and he said, no, I can't give you a quote, and it'll have to be cash on delivery. What? And I thought, cash on delivery? Do people still do that anymore? Like, I, I, <laughs> how, how does that work? Does the postman turn up with a little bum bag full of change, and you know, he's got you give him twenty bucks, and and, and you know, he gives you a dollar fifty-five in change? Like, I have no idea how that works. And so I, I replied and said, well, okay, um, look. I'm not really sure how cash on delivery works. Um, I'm not asking for much. Can you just like turf this figure in a shoebox, wrap some tape around it, and and you know post it to me? And he responded and he said, "Well, I don't know how much postage you'll be." And I said, well, "Can't you work it out?" And he said, "Well, if I take it down to the meanwhile, this is you know one or two sentences per exchange." And he said, "Well, in order to give you a quote, I'd have to take it down to the post office and get a get a quote, but." then I'd have to take it home again and give you the quote and then you'd pay for it and then I'd have to go back down. So I'd have to make two trips to the post office to get a quote. <laughs> and I thought, this, this can't possibly be this hard. Like, I'm just, I'm confused now. And I just said to the guy, look, at most it'll be about $10 or $12. I'll give you 20 bucks and you can keep the change. 
And uh, he responded and said, no, because, um, you know, then you'll have the ability to say that, um, you know, I kept, uh, I overcharged you on postage and, you know, you could leave me negative feedback, et cetera, et cetera. And I, so then I just responded to him and I just went, look, um, wh- what do I need to do to make this sale? And he responded and he said, oh, easy, we'll just do cash on delivery. <laughs> and I said, look, I think we've kind of established that that's a bit weird. Like, I don't understand. Um, I work for a living, so uh, I get stuff delivered to my post office box, and I don't understand how that would work. And then it all just got too hard. And I thought, don't people sell stuff on eBay to actually get rid of something and hopefully exchange it for money? So, you know, that being the general rule, wouldn't you kind of try and go out of your way to sell the item instead of the opposite? <laughs> you know, I think that some people are, you know, we probably are a lot more eBay savvy than a lot of people because we, you know, particularly being over here in Australia, a lot of things we collect, you know, we're looking on eBay for and we know kind of how to communicate, how to play the game, you know, sort of thing. But I, I found, I, I had an example recently where we got our kids new beds and we had two uh, relatively, you know, newish IKEA beds to sell. And with furniture, I've often put that up on eBay just as, you know, with 20 bucks on it, just as a local pickup, not really looking for money, but just, um, I don't have a trailer or anything. So if someone else will come in and take it away, um, great. And if you get a little bit of money up for it, fantastic. Both of these beds, um, ended up selling for more than what you could buy them brand new at IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> and people started bidding right away and right away, I was like wow because I'm used to no one bidding until right at the end because uh, mm. that's what I, that's what I, I always do because you don't want to push up the price and you know one in particular um, went for about $30 more than what the person could have gone to Ikea and bought it brand new for and even when they came to pick it up I tried to say oh let's just make it an even you know this because I felt a bit bad and the guy was like oh no no it's worth what it's worth here it is and I'm like okay <laughs> very bizarre very strange strange strange. so how how does cash on delivery work i look to be honest um we exchanged about six emails all up uh and in the end it was too hard i thought i just this guy clearly is odd um and i I just couldn't be bothered going through with it i thought Mm. if i go through with this something is going to go wrong um i've got a hundred percent feedback positive feedback yeah uh and and i didn't want to risk that for for this clown and uh, so Mm. i just let it go and no one bid on it of course um uh, and and i even found a he had the most sort of bizarre uh, description. It, it didn't have sort of any kind of any, anything that would actually help it sell uh, in the description. And so, yeah. So, look, hey, all you listeners, I'm still looking for a 13-inch Rider-Cast Hulk. So, uh, yeah, if you can hook me up, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you know, that was a, a very well-deserved red card, and it also sounds like it was a very good move not to go ahead there, Ben. Indeed. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, well, we'll we'll take a short break and we will be back in a moment with our combined Toy of the Week and discussion topic. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. 
Now, so far on the podcast, we have had a toy of the week and then a separate discussion topic, but we're going to do things a little bit differently tonight. The toy of the week that we wanted to tackle this week is such a big topic, because as you're about to hear, it's much more than just one toy, that we felt we needed to make it the discussion topic as well. So Ben is going to lead us in this tonight. Over to you, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about the return of Marvel Legends. It's not so much Toy of the Week. Uh, This week we've got 16 Toys of the Week if you count Builder Figures. So, um, yeah, look, um, this is very exciting for me. Uh, I'm a a Marvel boy at heart and uh, I love Marvel Legends. Uh, Issues aside, they form the majority of my action figure collection and just having them here and in my hands is is really exciting. So... um, I don't know, Waves 1 and 2 are in store now. Uh, they ship very, very close together. And in fact, when I got my shipping notice or what, my email from Mike S., uh, he said that, that Wave 1 had arrived, and then about an hour later I got another message from him saying that he had limited quantities of Wave 2 and did I want them as well. Mm, I, so, I was in the same boat as that. And I was very surprised by that, particularly considering that we're only getting three Waves this year that they pushed two out so quickly together. Yeah, so needless to say, credit card aside, I said, yes, hook me up, and uh, I have them in my hot little hands. Um, <laughs> these uh, these are six-inch figures, uh, much like the DC Universe Classics. Uh, I guess that's the counterpart of DC Universe Classics. Um, I suppose for those people not f- that familiar with Marvel Legends, and it's like, hello, you know, where do you live? Um, uh, Bowen, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Andy, how about I give you some background? Uh, <laughs> Hey, he gave you geography. You can give him Marvel Legends history. It's all fair. That's right. That's right. So, well, they started from uh, Toy Biz, the now defunct Toy Biz, back in about 2002. And uh, we got about, well, I think, 15 waves from Toy Biz in about five years. And then they closed up shop. And Hasbro actually picked up the license in 2007. And Hasbro, oh, gee, they debuted with a. Uh, an absolute winner. They gave us the Emma Frost figure, so oh, we can always be grateful. <laughs> Which is probably still on sale at a toy a store near you. And I, I, that's probably about the one Marvel Legends figure that I can still rely on finding in weird and wonderful places on sale in Australia. It is single-handedly the most horrendous figure I own. Um, <laughs> I, I, I keep it just because I don't think people would believe me. It's uh, a grown woman wearing a diaper. It's just ridiculous. So, <laughs> Anyway, moving right along, um, Hasbro, they cranked out, I think, about nine series, if you count the, um, the, the sort of red-headed stepchild um, waves like the Spider-Man series, and there was a Fantastic Four series. And then it wrapped up in about, I think, 2000, late 2009, and there was a scattering of sort of two-packs and things to keep us going, and they, they released some fan-voted figures that I certainly didn't vote for. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it worked because I picked them all up anyway. Yes. So, But um, I think we went to San Diego 2010 where they Hasbro did a presentation and they released a bit of a sneak, a bit of a hint that they were coming back. And sure enough, at San Diego 2011, we finally got to see about half of the first two waves. And it was pretty exciting for me because I actually was at San Diego last year, so I actually got to see them in the, in the plastic, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, look, it's um, – it's, I don't know. I'm – I'm just really excited to have them, I guess. I haven't really sort of sat down to to go through, you know, each figure in detail. Um, 
I'm, I've, I've got mixed feelings about the, the character choices, but to be honest, um, look, I'm just happy to have them. I'll, I'll support them because if it means getting future figures, you know, I'll do what I need to. So, I don't know, should I go through and just sort of list off the figures? Yeah, we might do Wave 1 first. I've got these um, as well. I got them from the same place, from Mike's comics and stuff. Ben and I um, had a, a very interesting competition happening to see whose international parcel was going to uh, get, get here first. Yes. Um, <laughs> we always have fun with um, tracking. I think we've talked about that before with um, postage from the U.S. So th- these came. They were too big to go by priority, so we had to go by first class international and the way around. I was just so oh sorry, other way around. Yep, I'm just so glad that they actually got here in the end. So I've oh. got I've got mine all sitting here, looking at me, ready to support you. As do I. As do I. Yeah, my my sea turtle that was bringing my box which finally turned up upside down with a plastic <laughs> bag wrapped around its neck, and <laughs> it was just um, uh, honestly, I just don't even get me started on international shipping. But anyway, moving right along. All right, so I'll, I'll do a quick rundown of, uh, of Wave One, um, and in, in no particular order, we got a, a new Ghost Rider, which um, I'm actually not that familiar with this incarnation. Uh, from what I understand, it is actually. Danny Ketch, and it's um, him fused with uh, another demon. Hmm. Um, so, look, I, I won't go into detail of each figure just yet. I'll just run through them. We also get Claw, who is known as a Black Panther villain. Yep. We get um, the Constrictor, who's uh, a personal favourite of mine. He's been around a long time and, and sort of hassled many a member of the Marvel Universe. We get an Iron Man, surprise, surprise. This one's the Extremist armor. Uh, I think it's sort of made famous by Artie Granov, some, who's doing that one. We get Hope Summers, who's uh, one of the uh, the new X-Men, and we get Commander Rogers, which is basically Captain America when he's not Captain America. <laughs> and uh, there's also the Thor figure, which was actually available at San Diego. Uh, the difference, there's subtle differences with this one. We can sort of talk about that later. Did, did you get this new Thor as well? I did. I, I didn't want to do the wrong thing by Mike by by sort of cherry picking. So I just said, look, you know, throw them, um, throw them all in, irrespective, and I'll, I'll buy the whole wave. So I now have uh, several of that Thor figure. I'm lucky I managed to palm one off to you, Scott, when yeah, I got that, back from San well, Diego. I, I actually didn't buy the the new Thor because he didn't come with a um, Terax piece. Um, yeah. So I. I, I, Mike was very happy to um, not not pass that one on, so I just got the the, the figures that did. Um, I, I guess I did the wrong thing by Mike. I don't know. <laughs> I just got the figures that, that had the the builder figure piece. <laughs> oh, damn me and my courtesy. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, yes. go, go on. I'll, if I might turn my microphone off for a moment, so you don't hear the sobbing. <laughs> no, it's all right. Look, I've actually got both four figures here, so if we get some time, I can just talk about the subtle differences. Um, we've got them side by side. Um, but best of all with Series 1 is um, we do get the return of the Builder figure, uh, and the Builder figure is Terax, which is uh, a huge deal for me. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Terax. Um, I think he's, he's one of the best former heralds of uh, Galactus, and, uh, look, they've really done this character justice. So. Mm-hmm. So, guys, um, let's have a bit of a chat about these figures. Um, you know, which which figures stand out for you? Um, like you said, Constrictor is long overdue. Um, I I have I well I will be getting them, but I don't have them in hand as we speak. But um, from the pictures, do you have a, a personal favourite yourself, Ben, out of the whole line, or? 
Yeah, look, uh, I'm not going to count the builder figure because you, mm -hmm. you, know, you have you have high expectations um, of a builder figure, so uh, I'll, I'll leave him out. I'll, I'll just quickly run through my thoughts on each of the figures. Um, Ghost Rider is a beautifully sculpted figure. He does look pretty fancy. I like the blue flames. I know there's an orange variant, but uh, I've got the blue one. Um, he's a really he's a great looking figure, but the thing is, I've actually got both other Ghost Riders, and one of them is Danny Ketch, so I really, this figure's a little bit redundant for me. Um, he's claw. pretty groovy, like, in terms of, he's got that, he's got blue flame shooting out of his uh, shoulder pads, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> make it make a lot he's of on, women in the 80s jealous. Um, they're like car indicators, aren't they? they he's <laughs> almost uh, Spawn-esque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this a, is this a tie-in to the movie? No, this is uh, just with a recent Ghost Rider sort of series. Oh, okay. Uh, my understanding, and I'm sure someone will uh, correct us, is it's just um, Danny Ketch has actually merged with a different demon instead of the Zarathos demon. As that we're... you do. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah, right. So this is actually a different um, demon because, oh, and I'm probably going to definitely get this wrong, but I think the Zarathos demon was merged with a woman and we had the female Ghost Rider. But anyhow, look, I'm uh, probably I think getting... you might be right about that, actually. Everyone's getting each other confused, but um, look, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of detail. I mean, like you know, I, I I'm not a huge Ghost Rider fan. I am quite quite allergic to the movies, um, but I can really appreciate this as a figure just because there's a hell of a lot of detail um, in it. You know, a lot of custom sculpting. So I, I like it just on its artistic merits. Uh, I saw uh, John Carter the other night, and one of the trailers I saw beforehand was actually for the new Ghost Rider movie, mm -hmm. and I have to say, it, it looks pretty shit off. And, um, <laughs> hey, see what I did there? See what yeah. I did there? <laughs> <laughs> shit off. Uh, yeah, all right. That's an Australian world, word, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, yeah. um, next up on my desk here, I have Claw, and um, I... I'd have to say Claw comes close to being my favourite of the mm. regular figures. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing particularly about exciting about this figure, but he's absolutely spot on. He is. Mm. Uh, he's, he's classic costume all the way. Yeah. He's got the head sculpt. is beautiful. Um, they've actually made sure they've used a very small buck, so he, he doesn't look oversized. I mean, he isn't actually particularly big. No, and, and it would have really not worked on a muscular buck so they've, they've done the right thing by him for sure and i, I love the color choices as well it's just perfect yeah. perfect yeah here's a question from the naive what's what's the story with the the, the braces or whatever the hell in his, is in his mouth he's actually made of sound he's actually made of sound okay he's is, he is. he's not a living being per se and, and he, does this mean that you haven't read secret wars that does mean that. <laughs> <laughs> oh There's your homework goodness. for next episode. Yeah, yeah, you can come back when you've done your... your... <laughs> As I've told you guys many times, I haven't read a lot of Marvel. Once but... you get past the basic, you know, um, Iron Man, Captain America, that sort of stuff, I have no idea. That, I think uh, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of stuff. Marvel guys... Sorry, Ben. A lot, of, a lot of, For a lot of Marvel guys, I think that, you know, for me, Secret Wars was my introduction to Claw. Um, and so he's got a lot of relevance from that. I mean, we had a three and three quarter version in the Marvel Universe Secret Wars packs, which was you know great. But this is perfect. I think it's just perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
All right, next up, I've actually got the Constrictor, and uh, this one's a bit of a fave. I'm a, I'm a fan of Constrictor. When I was a young lad and I was reading Power Man and Iron Fist, um, Constrictor was in a, uh, an issue where he was teaming up with a disguised Sabretooth. And, uh, I, I mean, for a number of reasons, this, this figure is fantastic. Uh, if this was on your custom list, he'd have to be pretty far down the list because uh, anyone who's not familiar, he has this crisscrossing pattern on his uh, costume of black stripes, and they just have to be insane to paint. Oh, uh, crazy, absolutely crazy. What I really like about this is that the we had a Marvel Universe version recently, but the um, his... What, what do you call the things that he has on his arms? His coils. His coils were made him pretty impossible to pose. Like, you really had to have them... You know, you couldn't have him posed with them up in the air unless he was on a stand because it would just knock over and what i like about this is that um they've done that they're quite solid um but he's got enough strength that you can get a number of different poses happening with them you know up in the air or at the side and it doesn't affect his stability are they, um... i was gonna ask sorry are they flexible like can you they have wire in them so you can change the shape of them and all that sort of thing no no okay Unfortunately not. Um, they do have some give in them. Like, you could sort of sit there and wrap it around someone's neck, but uh, <laughs> wire in them to actually hold them in place? No. Please don't try this at oh, home, okay. and if you do, please uh, don't sue us. Uh, and for those that are curious, the um, the coils are actually adamantium. So there's some, oh, okay. uh, there's some constrictor uh, trivia for you. Cool. So, yeah, look, I'm a big fan of the constrictor in general, so I'm happy to get him. He was one of the fan choices back when we... Um, we did those votes where um, where we got the Black Widow and Deadpool and all those other figures we didn't want. Um, I wanted so... Valkyrie. I, want, I didn't want that. I didn't want the Valkyrie <laughs> that we got. But nice correction. Yeah, but I, but I did. I did want Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah. But I, I voted for Constrictor, the Valkyrie Constrictor, and they also had um, Madrox, the Multiple Man, and I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah. I was, I'm, actually, that's a good point, Scott. I'm going to talk about Madrox later. But um, just Ooh. finishing off Constrictor, um, look, great head sculpt. His jaw's a little bit too uh, too manly for me. Um, but he's got that sort of, yeah, he's got that evil grin, which is great. But Too, too this, manly? Well, look, that jaw, wow, that is um, that is an impressive <laughs> jaw. It is. It's quite a jaw. Yeah. He uh, is, the buck they've used for the Constrictor is almost 100% um uh, copy of the the Cree soldier from the two packs. Oh yeah, it's um you can have a look and he's yeah. I said I think the feet are different. Obviously, they've had to re-sculpt the head and the um, the forearms where the coils come out. So all right, well moving right along. Next up is the extremist Iron Man figure. Um, gosh, uh, look, Iron Man is the one figure I don't mind multiples of. Uh, I'm not a big fan of multiple Wolverines and things like that. I think if you get one good Wolverine, I'm, I'm fine and happy with that. I don't need every era and every costume. Yeah, but yeah. I guess Iron Man is one of those characters where you can have multiple armors because, you know, Tony Stark does have multiple Iron Man armors. And the extremist armor, this this is a beautifully executed figure. It really is. It's a, it's a really nice-looking figure. It's got the metallic sheen to it. It's just horrendously undersized. Mm. The scale is bad. Um, it, it looks like one of the you know kind of five inch series yep. movie figures. I, I I don't have. I've got those in storage, but I'd love to get one out just to kind of compare them and see how different they actually are in in but, size. 
I think we're definitely going to end up talking about scale issues with mm-hmm. these series, but mm-hmm. just to put things in perspective, um, four is six foot six, uh, and when Tony Stark is armoured up, he's actually six foot six. So mm-hmm. these guys <laughs> should actually stand side by side. Okay. So yeah. So th- so that you, that's according to what? According to Marvel, the Marvel Universe. That is according to my knowledge of all things Marvel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those nerds that when the uh, Marvel Universe handbooks used to come out in the, the comic book ones, yes, they, they did them in 83, I think again in 85, and then they've had various versions there. And I used to just read those things from cover to cover. I just I loved it. Um, I've even got scanned versions that I can go through now on the iPad. Woohoo! Wow. <laughs> I love so, those things um, too. I absolutely loved them. That was how I learned a lot about um, the Marvel Universe was yeah. you know through those. Yeah, and I mean to put it in perspective, you've got him going up against say, um, we'll, we'll talk get to Phantom X uh, eventually, but he's roughly the same height of, as Phantom X and uh, and Dakin, and both those characters um, are five foot nine. So it's it's a real fail when it comes to um, to scale. So mm. H- having said that. I just saw an Avengers comic recently where the Captain America, like Steve Rogers, was taller than Iron Man. So you know, it is a there is a obviously an artist interpretation thing um, that you know relates to all the all the characters. But I agree that the figure is just way too small. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that brings me to the next figure, which is Hope Summers. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of naysayers out there who just swore, you know, um, seven colours and whatnot that, you know, how could Hope Summers be included before some of the other females that we've, you know, yet to get. But, um, look, uh, we have to be realistic here. They do have to make these figures to be somewhat relevant to what's happening now, whether it's in the comics or other media. And, uh, look, Hope is right there. She's got her own title. Um, I can see why they included her. And I have to say, the figure is actually very nice. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. I love the cape, the tattered um, yeah. you know, element of her cape, I think, is just so well done. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to think there must be some kind of sentimental value with that cape because you think she would have ditched it by now for a new one. But anyway, <laughs> so, but look, she's um, she's a beautiful figure. She's got um, the face is actually pretty good. Um, she doesn't have the Marty Feldman eyes. She's got uh, a great sculpt on the hair. Uh, and from what I can tell, she seems to be pretty much um, an entire reuse of the Sharon Carter slash Maria Hill buck that we got in the two-pack a little while ago. Right down to the visible belly button. Yes. Massive gun she's got too. Yes. <laughs> but the, it's, it's one thing about these um, female bucks that drives me crazy, that you know, I, I would rather... You know, for the few characters that do have an exposed navel, I would rather, you know, if I have to choose between having a belly button or not, I'd rather just not have one than have a belly button on all of these women who, you know, how how tight must their clothes be if they <laughs> can see the belly button through it like that? Actually just, ingesting it into their belly and for that, um, dear listener, we have just exposed Scott's OCD because I hadn't even noticed the belly button until now. So. I noticed a detail that you didn't notice. 
Great. Yeah, I, I, I'd never noticed that. So, yeah. I did, actually, I did want to say, though, about the head sculpt, one thing that I don't think was a strength of the I don't, of the Toy Biz line were, were the female characters, and particularly particularly the head sculpts, you know, were often um, just not very flattering. And I, I think this is such a huge improvement um, yep. over a, a lot of the, you know, original um, figures. I, I find one thing that always bugged me about the, the Toy Biz females was that their facial expressions were really blank. And that, that's still a little bit of an element here, but the, these are so much better just in terms of, um, you know, being quite attractive. I'm really happy with it. Yeah. And, look, that leads us to our uh, last but not least, and that is Commander Rogers. Um, Commander Rogers, if you don't know, was the, I guess, the persona that Steve Rogers took on after he um, came back from the dead, um, as everybody does these days. Um, yeah, by the time he came back from the dead, uh, Bucky Barnes had taken over the Captain America role, so he became Commander Rogers and ran shield amongst other things and this is actually a fairly well executed figure hmm. um the head sculpt in particular just it just says captain america or sorry steve rogers um it really does look like him and there's a little bit of reuse here too but this is actually a really big figure it is uh, he, he does sort of tower over everybody else but i guess you know that gets us back to the whole scale thing again should he you know sit somewhere between um, you know, Thor and everybody else. Um, but then I guess he towers over, you know, just about everyone else in the waves. So, but it's a nice figure. But one thing, and I noticed this is something that's recurrent on most of these figures, and that is the, the, the loose belt. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a belt with pouches and, and various other sort of things, and it's loose and it slides around. And this is actually not, you know, not common for Marvel Legends, but I notice in the first two waves we see it on quite a few figures. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, very odd. Yeah. The um, the, his harness as well is um, loose, which is a little bit annoying when you're trying to pose him in different ways. But then, um, I do like the way that the shield can snap into his back, and then yep. that makes the the harness make sense, obviously. Yes, yeah, it does look very odd otherwise, doesn't it? it does. He's just got these, these two leather straps around his shoulders that don't seem to serve any purpose. Yeah. So. One, one thing about my um, Commander Rogers is that his chest decal is actually a little bit bubbled. Um, you know, the, the paint on the rest of these is really solid, but I did, I did notice that, yeah, this, uh, I think that, that must be a decal, the white stuff on his chest and mine's just got a tiny little bit of a, a flaw in it. Yeah, one thing I've noticed with mine is they've clearly airbrushed this on using a template. Okay. Like they've somehow put something down, then airbrushed, and then peeled it off. And I can actually see a little bit of um, where the airbrush hasn't uh, quite well, that must got be to it, the then. edges. Yeah. But, just um, a question look, too. Sorry, sorry just, just with the hands. I mean, the old, the old um, Toy Biz Marvel Legends, the hands always had very articulated knuckles. I'm just trying to look at Steve Rogers' hands here. They're nice-looking hands, but do they have that same knuckle articulation that the no. Toy Biz ones have? No, they don't. <laughs> okay. in, in fact, not one single figure in this um, in, in either of these waves actually has articulated hands okay. or fingers, should I say. Which, okay. for me, is a huge bonus because I hated those. I thought. I mean, I know that a lot of people love them, but 
I'm not a big articulation guy, which is a great discussion topic perhaps sometimes. Um, mm. But the, the uh, one thing that I really hated about some of the Toy Biz figures was that they were so articulated that they just didn't look human to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, Luke Cage was a particularly bad uh-huh. one. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, and so um, that leaves us the uh, the builder figure, Terrax. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it, and this is one of my favourite figures ever. Absolutely. Yeah, this is just astonishing. Um, he's probably a little too big, but uh, when I say Who little cares? Too he's big, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, I was actually just, you know, waving him over my uh, my shelves of Marvel Legends figures, and he towers over everybody. Um, as does Thor, because they're roughly the same height. But waving, he's... waving him like a magic wand. Or... Well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, Are we talking he's... Omega Red scale? Um, actually, let me wander over and uh, compare him <laughs> to Omega Red. Yeah, he he actually towers over Omega Red. Wow. He does. Yeah, he's uh, almost the same height as the Red Hulk. Um, he's actually bigger than the Maestro. Uh, he's not bigger than Sasquatch. It'd be, it'd be close. Um, in, in fact, to be honest, he's probably half of his head shorter than uh, Thanos, the Marvel Select Thanos. Wow. So he's he's huge, but he is the same height as Thor. Um, and putting on my Marvel trivia hat, uh, he is six foot six, which is the same height as Thor. So um, look, you know they got that right. Um, this figure is just gorgeous. The the head sculpt is magnificent. They've they've got the sort of the evil snarl. Uh, even his eyes have slightly separate sort of detailing to make it look as if one eye is more closed than the other. Um, the, the paint is just beautiful. Um, I don't know if I could criticize the figure. The only thing I'd have to say is his gloves are painted on. Uh, they've just painted the red straight over the top of the, the sort of the granity skin color. And the only other thing I would have liked is, uh, his axe. I really prefer the, the sort of the shiny metallic look. And this is just sort of done in cast in that dull gray, horrible color. So, what about you, Scott? Um, I think he's awesome. I the mine actually has a tiny little paint defect on his left shoulder pad. But shoulder, uh, shoulder pad is a pads are a theme here tonight. Um, I'm not wearing any. I just want to let you know. The <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just a tiny little defect in in the seam. But he's just awesome. I he was easy to put together as well. I'm always slightly disabled with those things, so um, that's always a bonus for me. Now, um, that, that little defect you mentioned, would you say that it's about sort of five mil or, or maybe sort of three-eighths of an inch in yeah. from the side? Because yeah. I, I think I've got it in the exact same spot. Uh, we're built to figure twins. I If I... Yeah. <laughs> Boggles the mind, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> If I had to guess, I'd say that's that's probably the connector where they injected the plastic. Okay. So. I think I, it really doesn't take anything away. It's such a great piece. I love the way that um, you know, there's so much detail into his outfit. There's so much detail into his skin. Um, I, I see what you're saying about the gloves being painted on. That's one, you know, obviously cost-cutting thing. Cost cutting thing. But um, the head sculpt is amazing, amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
he was a fun figure to put together. I just I couldn't wait. Like Mike uh, Mike S, you know, he's great. He opens up all the figures for me um, to save on shipping, and so I get these little sandwich bags of bits, and I just can't wait to sort of tip them out on the coffee table and start <laughs> assembling. It's, it's great. So one one thing which um, I really liked about this, uh, both of these lines, is that each figure comes with a set of instructions for how to put the uh, build a figure together but did, did you get those ben because i mine i got in, in the box yeah yes yeah. <clears throat> and um the and on the other side of it it has like a little story of um just kind of like the history of the character so there's you know kind of six different little stories about things to do with terax which i thought was actually quite fun to read yeah, I, I was reading through each one with, and I was just loving it because I was like, "Oh, I remember that! I remember that!" <laughs> so it was fun. So, all right, well, that um, that brings us to the end of wave one. We've uh, talked quite a bit. Any sort of last comments, Justin? No, it's just um, sort of salivating sitting here now, listening to that conversation, <laughs> <laughs> looking at my every wave of Marvel Legends in front of me, except these two. <laughs> <laughs> I guess all right. Well, how I might wrap up then is, um, you know, look, my my principal sort of collecting habit is universe building. Um, I love the idea of just having a huge display of every Marvel character, whether it's villain or otherwise. Uh, I, I like just sort of single instances of a character. You won't get me displaying, you know, every version of Wolverine on the shelf. I'll put on my favourite one and the rest all sort of go into a, a big plastic bin kind of thing, not a garbage bin, just a storage bin. Um, so... From my point of view, um, this this wave, it's a bit mixed for me. Um, I didn't need the Ghost Rider. Uh, I didn't need the Iron Man, but I guess, you know, as we explained, you know, that's that's not a bad thing. But And as good as Commander Rogers is, uh, I really don't need the figure because I've got a really nice Captain America. So a bit, <laughs> bit, bit hit and miss for me there. I, I really like having that different version of Steve. Look, I think it's the sort of character that, even though I obviously prefer him as Cap, you know, it's it's a part of his history, and so it kind of adds something, you yeah. know, a, a bit different. Yeah, I don't mind having the figure. I, I just you'll never see him displayed on a shelf next to Captain America because you know, for me, that just doesn't work. So maybe when he you know needs some alone time with Sharon Carter or something, <laughs> <laughs> and her exposed navel. That's right. <laughs> Skin tight uniform. All right. Well, let's um let's move on to wave two then. Uh, wave two had its fair share of uh, of criticisms, and we'll we'll get to that. But uh, I'm just going to quickly run through the characters first, and then we'll uh, we'll get to the detailing. Uh, first up is uh, I actually got the Thunderball figure rather than the the swap out pile driver. Uh, I got the big time Spider Man as opposed to the Freedom Force. Then we have the Bucky Barnes Captain America that we talked about before. We have the modern Drax the Destroyer. We have uh, Madame Mask, Phantom X. We have Dakin, who is Wolverine's son. And running up at the end is the Builder figure, and it is Arnim Zola. Yes, yes. We'll leave him to last because uh, he really does deserve some attention. So, so I'm just going to start running through them um, from just the way they're sort of laying on my desk here, and I'll, I'll just get your thoughts on each of them, guys. But first up is is Thunderball, and um, oh wow, gosh, talk about this is the, probably the figure I have the most mixed emotions about mm-hmm. from this line. Mm-hmm. Um, first up, he is gigantic. Um, so he, big. 
he he's too big. Yeah. Uh, he really mm. is too big. None of the wrecking crew are actually that big. Um, you know, these guys are, are. You know, I mean, Thunderball is six foot four, so um, you know he really should be a little bit smaller than Thor. And I guess you know if you put him next to the new Thor figure, he fits in quite well. But he looks like an absolute giant uh, compared to everybody else. Um, I had a bit of a look, and this figure uses a lot of tooling from the Hulkling figure from the, the Marvel Legends mm. um, Young Avengers. Mm. Yep. He's actually got a new torso, but you know, looking at the at the legs uh, and the arms, the the, the shoulders, etc., most of it is actually reused from the Hulkling figure. Mm. Um, look, one thing I'll say that is positive about this figure is if you look at the Hulkling figure, he has those sort of legendary ball ball joints in the hips that are just horrible but that's the one thing they've actually changed um the legs in their entirety are hulkling but they've actually swapped out the the ball for i don't know it's still sort of a ball joint it's just a lot cleaner than the hulkling one so uh, they get some credit there um the head sculpt is i actually quite like the head sculpt he, he looks quite sort of menacing and evil but um I don't know. This figure, yeah. Look, I. Uh, a lot of people probably haven't seen my Thunderball custom, but uh, I did a custom using a DC Universe Classics, and uh, he came out pretty well. And he's currently on my shelf, and I'm probably going to leave my custom on the shelf. And poor old Thunderball here will go into the uh, the same crate as Commander Rogers. Mm. The the thing, uh, you know, you've got to take your hat off to them for trying to produce. You know some different body types. You know, it's one of my biggest criticisms of DC Universe Classics is that we have basically you know the same buck with a couple of variations, and so you know, you have a different kind of scale issue. Everyone looks the same, um, and it's great that they recognize that this is a character that should be a bit bulkier. But w- where they've gone with the height just means that you know he looks like he doesn't belong, and if that's where you know, the the other Wrecking Crew guys end up, well, then, I don't know, they're all going to look a bit out of place, I think. Can I ask a question on this, this split uh, system they have here with Thunderball and Pile Driver? Um, how are they rolling this out? Do you just have to sort of search? They're, they're rolling variants. So um, okay. the, I think in the, in the States, Pile Driver and um, Madam Hydra or Viper haven't come out yet. Um, right. So the uh, and and I guess there's a Wolverine variant as well. I think the unmasked taken is first. Is that right, Ben? Um, I, look, I think the difference they've got here is that the the variant you get with say Commander Rogers, there is actually a variant where he has the sort of photonic clear shield, and Dakin, who has his um, his mask on, I, I think are legitimate variants. Uh, I've seen yeah. them on eBay. But my understanding with Thunderball and Piledriver, as well as Madam Mask and Viper, is the idea is that the the production line starts cranking them out and they produce, you know, the initial allotment of 100,000 Marvel Legends and they ship them. And then if they continue um, continue shipping them, then what happens is they actually swap Thunderball for Piledriver and so future... I guess boxes will actually turn up with pile driver instead of Thunderball. So it's it's not so much a variant as you know. If I open the box, what am I going to get? I think it's actually mm. they they simply swap over one figure for another. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, then moving right along, the next figure. I mean, 
look, this was another figure that got a lot of criticism. Um, uh, you know, much like we get the the super bats, super Wondy bats in in DC, um, we get the Iron Spider Vereen in in Marvel and. Um, I guess, you know, Hasbro uh, are doing their best. Um, I can understand why they need to keep relevant characters like Spider-Man, Iron Man, Wolverine, etc. Uh, visible in the waves. And so they, they've been creative. Um, they've tried to include sort of legitimate variants of the figures. Um, and this particular Spider-Man is from a storyline called Big Time. Um, it's an interesting choice because the storyline only sort of ran... Um, you know, about sort of half a dozen issues, but um, obviously it, you know, warranted its own action figure. So, mm. um, well, on, on the plus side, it doesn't come with a build-a-figure part. Ah, okay. So oh, you don't, okay. yeah, you don't actually need it to build on Amzola. Yep. Yep. Is that All from right. the pictures? That's a terrible buck for Spidey. Um, it's actually the same buck as the Constrictor. It's the um, ah, okay. it's the Cree yep. Soldier buck. So, okay. yeah, and if you're wondering, the green costume in the the storyline was um, it was kind of like a stealth costume. Right. So, all right. Well, I don't think Spidey deserves that much airtime because he's I didn't buy him. Fairly generic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <blame> you. <laughs> all right. Moving on, I'm going to try my best to stay impartial here, and we move on to the Bucky Barnes Captain America. Um, yes. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Steve Rogers is Captain America, and that's the end of that. But um, That's your opinion. I, uh-huh. mm-hmm. And I think what basically happened with this figure is they were going with what was relevant in the comics at the time. I think there's that usual sort of 16 or 18-month lead time that they need for a figure from concept to, you know, production. So he, I guess he was a little bit outdated by the time he came out. But um, Bucky Barnes was Captain America for a while, so... Um, and it's not a bad figure. Um, what I do like about it is they've got the scale right. Um, James Buchanan Barnes is not a big man. He's only five foot nine, uh, as opposed to Steve Rogers, six foot two. So um, if you stand them next to each other, they're actually pretty good as far as the scale goes. Yeah, I, I am quite a Bucky fan, and I really love this... Um... Uh, outfit. It's it's not my favorite rendition of the the outfit. I think the head sculpt just lacks a little bit um, for me. I, the you know the Marvel Select version has got the weird Marvel Select hips, which I don't like, but I kind of like it better as a as a figure. And um, you know I think that it is a just because he's not um, Cap now. You know it's definitely a relevant figure to have in the Marvel Legends line as a different you know version of and like you said, you know a way of fulfilling the big name character requirements but doing something different. So, um, you know I, I don't I don't mind it, but it isn't my favorite version of a, a toy of that costume. Yeah. I think for me, this figure will go straight into the plastic dump bin simply because uh, I love the Winter Soldier figure that Hasbro produced. Uh, I think it was spot on. Mm. So, you know, the Winter Soldier, I mean, when it comes to my display, uh, Marvel Universe display, uh, Bucky Barnes will be up there in his Winter Soldier um, costume and his, um, his Bucky figure from the, uh, the other Hasbro line and this Captain America figure will go into the dump bin of despair. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, where do you stand on, on Mr. Ba- Mr. Barnes? Oh, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm sitting here going, oh, no, another one for the dump bin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got every rendition of every figure 
on display. Yeah, I, yeah. I, just different, you know. None of us is right or wrong. I can see your point of view, but you are saying before, I think I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, probably about eight Wolverines on display. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm remembering the pictures of your display now, and you, you've got like almost a whole shelf just, just devoted to the Hulk, haven't you? I do, and of uh, Spidey, and of Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, you could have just saved yourself some money and have mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that's enough for Mr. Barnes. Moving on is um, uh, a figure that, gosh, I just, um, I have a, yeah, I'm I'm trying desperately to to love and and make it the figure of the line. But um, moving on is Drax the Destroyer. And this figure in particular copped a lot of criticism for a number of reasons. Uh, The first is that it's the modern Drax. And a lot of the fans felt that they should have got the classic Drax beforehand, the one that appeared in like Warlock and the Infinity Watch. And uh, as opposed to this modern Drax who hasn't been around that long. And um, all I can say is bollocks to that. That's... I just I love this version of Drax. Um, if you didn't read the Drax miniseries and you didn't read Abnett and Lanning's run on the new Guardians of the Galaxy, you know you really are missing out. Mm, I, I think it's a, a really fun figure. I've just um, reviewed this week the Marvel Universe version of the, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy um, box set, so it was interesting kind of looking at these two um, so close together, and they're very very similar, but. Um, I think this is, you know, equally a a great job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the the movable belt is kind of creeping me out again. Um, I think it adds sort of width to the hips that that isn't really necessary. Uh, and other than that, it's really just the 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 ball joints of the shoulders are just throwing me off a little bit. They're just a little bit too obvious. They're certainly not as bad as some of the older Marvel legends, like the Falcon figure with the you know, those legendary, horrendous you know, mm. shoulder joints. Um, <laughs> but the face sculpt is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's just spot on. The head is just gorgeous, um, you know, for a large, angry, bald man. Um, <laughs> but look, the detail work in his tattoos uh, is actually spot on. I was comparing it to some of the comics, and it really does look um, quite flawless. Um, you know... I, as much as I would love a classic Drax figure, um, I think those people that are clamouring for the classic Drax don't seem to remember the classic Drax because if you were reading Warlock and the Infinity Watch like I was, um, he had lost most of his intelligence and it actually got to a point where he was becoming almost a parody of the Hulk. He, he was as powerful as the Hulk but he was ten times as dumb and he was almost sort of a, a character that was included for laughs and uh, he really did become a, a bit of a fail character and... So sometime later he went through this resurrection and he came out uh, a lot smaller than his older counterpart. He's now only about sort of six foot two. He's still super strong, but he's quite sort of sleek and uh, he his main power is his physical prowess. Um, he's a, an outstanding fighter. Um, and he was resurrected for one reason, and that was to kill Thanos, um, which he hmm. did, hmm. even temporarily. But yes, yeah. Yeah. So, um, look, he comes with both his knives as well. He's got these, well, he's actually got three knives. Two of them are, um, he can hold in his hands and one of them is actually permanently affixed to his forearm, which is a bit kind of odd. But, uh, no, look, I really like this figure. Okay. So, 
Very good. All right, if there's no more comments on Drax, we'll move on. Next up is uh, Madam Mask, um, who's been around the Marvel Universe for quite a long time. Um, her latest incarnation was uh, Whitney Frost, and um, this figure uses the same buck that Hope uses, and that is the... Um, the Maria Hill and Sharon Carter buck. It's slightly adjusted. Uh, I don't know quite how to say this, but she doesn't have the same chest as Hope <laughs> Summers. But most she's still of the rest got the, of the navel. Figure, she's still got the navel, but, but you can the, cover that yeah, up with the belt. The, the belt covers it up, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's not a lot to say about this figure. Um, I mean, it's hard to sort of comment too much. She, um, she. Uh, I'm glad they actually sort of sculpted the mask on. You can kind of see the ridge line on her forehead as if she is wearing a mask and same under her chin where it, it runs along her jawline. Um, the hair is nicely sculpted. It's actually one of the better sort of hair sculpts for, um, for Marvel Legends. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, look, for me, uh, it's a good figure. She, she fulfills the quota of being a unique character that I can put on my shelf. She comes with a nifty little sort of ladylike gun um, I just, you know, would like to get um, the hood. She was actually hanging out with the hood in the Marvel Universe. Mm. And so it would be nice if the hood was um, included in a future line so they can hang out. Uh, I, Because she's got an Avengers link, she ticks a big box for me you know, for, for, from that uh, regard. And I just love the fact that it is a bit of an interesting off-the-wall character, you know, that isn't necessarily... You know, just your A-list thing that that you might expect, and I think it shows a bit of just you know good faith that um, we will continue to get different corners of the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, and I love the swap out with Viper. Mm. Um, sorry, what's she called? Madam Madam Hydra, I think they're called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, she'll always be Viper. And if someone can explain her how her face became unscarred. Um, for most of her existence in the Marvel Universe, she used to have, have her hair swept forward on one side to oh, cover yeah, yeah. scarring on her face. Yeah. Uh, and that's magically gone. Um, mm. She's getting around the Marvel Universe at the moment looking all pretty, and the figure actually reflects that. So. Okay. Yes, if you know, please write in and tell us. Okay. All right, any last comments on, on that lady? I like no. the fact that her belt has got a... Um, a holster for that smaller rifle. Um, you know, I, I'm as we talked about with accessories before. I don't like accessories that can't be stored somewhere on the figure. So yeah. if they can't hold it all or can't be stored somewhere, then I'm not going to hold on to them properly. So I like the fact that you know that extra rifle that she's got, she can be carrying it, or um, that that handgun has actually got a holster on her belt. So that's a big plus for me. Cool. Justin, any thoughts? No, uh, nice looking figure. That's about it. Oh, very good. And <laughs> Andy, you're being kind of left out a bit here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at the pictures, just figuring them out, mate. No, I actually like a really dig a head sculpt. Actually, it's really impressive. Yeah, it's just not been bad. marveling at. I've just been marveling at that. It's really quite nice. Um, yeah, th this will be a figure that I am going to try and pick up a few extras to put in the, the fodder bin for customs. Same goes with um, Hope, actually. So um, when Hope sort of yeah. comes down in price a little bit or if they turn up locally, I'll have to um, pick up a couple. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Moving right along comes to the next up is the figure that um, is actually vying for the figure of the wave for me, um, and that is Phantom X. And uh, I think there's actually been many a discussion as to how we actually pronounce his name. So um, does anyone say anything other than Phantom X? Nope. No. <laughs> nope. 
All right, I just know that there's there's been some discussion. Some people say Phantom X, as oh, in uh, as in okay. like Phantom and then X, and other people say Phantomex, and with the emphasis oh, on the okay. O. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm a uh, I'm in the camp of the first one. He's just Phantom X for me. Um, this figure would be uh, almost perfect for me if it was uh, the regular Phantom X. Yes. Uh, this is the X Force version where he has the black. Uh, I guess, what is it, black sort of detailing on his costume. He he has the white sort of bodysuit, the white mask, um, the white trench coat, but um, everything has these black zebra lines on them, um, and he's got the black gloves and black boots. And, uh, look, there's the usual sort of reuse here. I'm pretty sure that coat came with the uh, Marvel Universe, oh, sorry, the Ultimate Universe, Nick Fury, if I mm, remember yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I love the character Phantom X. I know he's got his detractors, but um, I, as a, as a young nipper, saw the, um, the Diabolique movie, uh, and I thought it was fantastic. I always loved Diabolique. Um, I managed to get hold of some of the, the European comics. Hmm. And um, this character is actually a, a nod to that Diabolique. This Grant Morrison has acknowledged the... Um, the influence of Diabolique on this character. And, uh, look, I love the character. I love his costume. I'm just not a huge fan of this one. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a very tempting repaint, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you might hope that you would get one from Hasbro down the line, but it's the kind of thing that you could actually have a go at yourself if you really wanted to change yeah. it up. Because yeah. it, it is a bit too zebra-ish for me. Yeah. Sorry, just clarifying, his, his normal costume, what, is it all white, is it, or...? It's completely white, yep. Completely yep. white, okay, no worries. Yeah. Um, in a storyline in Uncanny X-Force, um, most of the guys in the team actually have variations of their existing costumes, so uh, Deadpool, who is in the team, uh, instead of his usual red costume, actually has a variant costume similar to this one. And, look, they're great costumes, they look fun, um, Uncanny X-Force is a fantastic title if you're not reading it it really is one of the better x titles um i just don't see the need for the change hmm. So, hmm. Yep. yeah all right well then moving on to the next one and oh by the way that um, i think phantom x scales up really well um he's another one of these characters who isn't particularly big he's only five foot nine so he does actually scale pretty well with the constrictor and um and and bucky barnes etc and so the last regular figure in the wave is Bacon, and this is just no doubt to keep the uh, the Wolverine sort of brand alive, I guess, um, instead of just including another variation of Wolverine. Um, we actually get his son, and um, it's actually not a bad figure. It, again, uses the Kree soldier buck. Um, the one thing that's really obvious with this figure is he has huge feet. Uh, if you actually compare him to the... <laughs> Well, I mean, he uses the same bucket as the Kree soldier, but he doesn't actually use the feet from the Kree soldier. Ooh, and the feet, the feet they've used, is they're actually enormous. He's got these huge hoofs on him. So, um, <laughs> But um, look, other than that, it's this is the unmasked version. He has his mask sort of hanging off his head. This is uh, the costume he wore when he was in the um, Dark Avengers when Norman Osborn put together his kind of anti-Avengers and he needed a, a Wolverine type person and so he got Wolverine's son. Now if you're not actually a Marvel reader you're probably going to just sit there and go oh, you know Wolverine's son you know what are they going to they run out of ideas but mm -hmm. I have to say I really like Dakin as a character. Mm, me too uh, me too. 
he uh, when they introduced him, you know, I was really like, oh, geez, there's really nothing left for these guys to do, is there? But if you actually stuck it out with Dark Avengers and things like Wolverine Origins, um, he is actually a really crafty character. Um, he he despises his father. Uh, and they play mind games on a regular basis with each other, and um, and look, you know, it's actually not a bad figure. I, I got um, the unmasked version as well, and which I'm really pleased about because I don't feel like I need two versions, and this is the one that I am much more likely to display just because it is, you know, obviously not Wolverine, and you know, he has become a character very much in his own right. Um, so I think they've done a fantastic job with it. The, yeah. um, you know, the, the the paint's great, the the head sculpt's fantastic, and so, um, yeah, I, I'm really for, for I wasn't excited about this one when it was announced, but it's actually. I have to say it's probably one of my favourite figures in this wave just because of some of the issues with some of the others. Yeah. 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 What's the story of the claws? Sorry? Uh, he, actually, he actually has bone claws just like his father. Um, it was revealed... We got a storyline a little while ago that actually revealed that Wolverine's claws were bone uh, and they were just laced with adamantium. And Dakin actually has uh, regular bone claws as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... (laughs) Sorry, Justin? Oh, no, I was just going to say the head sculpt looks really good from the pictures I can see. Um, Looks pretty detailed and uh, menacing. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, no, looks like a pretty good character. Just I was going to say, is the belt loose on him as well? It is, it is, okay. and it's another one of those ones that, uh, I mean, look, I'd be tempted to just glue it down. Um, yep. It doesn't serve any purpose by being loose. Um, it's actually quite odd. Uh, but, um, look, that's the last of the regular figures. Um, this is a bit of a mixed uh, bag for me as well. Uh, I will happily display Dakin, Phantom X, um, Madam Mask and Drax. The other three, the, um, uh, the other three probably will go into the fodder bin. Um, not the fodder bin, just the uh, the yeah the abyss box. <laughs> but um, that leaves us with the builder figure, and the builder figure for this wave just blew me away when I first saw it. Um, I got to see it at San Diego, and now that I've actually got it in my hands, I just couldn't be any more thrilled. It's Arnim Zola, who is the uh, who is I guess the robot um, with uh, with the the human sort of essence inside it, and it's just it's just stunning. It really is an amazing figure. Um, the the level of detail on sculpting. Um, I actually haven't done a lot of investigation with this figure to see if it's had much reuse from other figures. Um, it does look as if a lot of it is uh, is original sculpt, and uh, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it must. It would really most of it have to be just because it's such a you know, different type of character, and I agree the work that they put into it is just um, fantastic. The The way that he all comes together is, you know, he's just a, a brilliant piece, and I, I really was just tickled when I had him together just to be able to look at him and see him next to some of those other characters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he. Um, a lot of people said, wow, he's just so small, but uh, Arnim Zola is actually under six foot tall, So, or should I say the, the robot um, is actually under six foot tall, so uh, he fits in really nicely. So he'll just he'll look fantastic on the shelf next to sort of the other Cap villains like the Red Skull and um, Baron von Strucker, etc. So, yep, really pleased. 
All right. Well, if there's no other comments, that's uh, Marvel Legends Waves 1 and 2. Well, that was quite an effort, Ben. Thank you so much for taking us through <laughs> through all of that. That's the first time we've done uh, not, not just a, a whole wave, but two whole waves, but it was definitely, uh, definitely worth it. 16 figures. <laughs> well done. Beware, the mutant-seeking sentinel. Target identified. Mutants apprehended. Want to mix it up, big boy? My adamantine claws will get rolled back. I've always had trouble with man. My optic blast will give him trouble. Firing projectile arm. Now, sentinel, you will be defeated. Sentinel robot playset and X-Men action figures. Each sold separately. Well, before we finish off this evening, we have a few bits of business to get through, and the first is some listener feedback to share. Now, if you want to add your own feedback for future episodes, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. Now, that could be a letter, or if you'd like to send us a voicemail, you can record yourself and send us a sound file, and we might play that on air in a future episode. We've got two bits of feedback to share this evening, and Justin, you have the first one. Okay, so this is from regular correspondent <laughs> Rod who also goes by Marvel I believe on uh, a few sites around the place and he read and yeah and it reads uh, hey fellows just listen to episode four in brackets a new hope uh, <laughs> very now, nice we, we need to wait at least you know kind of 15 years before we rename it that I think sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, very nice and I agree that it makes the listener want to jump in also glad that you talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Masters of the Universe. Makes me able to sit here and think, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rod. Oh, and so... <laughs> the, le- the levels of snobbery in the toy collector community. <laughs> uh, thoughts for the future. How about old standbys like favourite item in your collection, but maybe with twists like something you didn't expect to be so cool, a surprise gift from someone you didn't think got you or even the least favorite item you thought you couldn't live without until you actually got it. Uh, and it goes on, do you just display your collection or do you change it up, post things, create a theme shrine, even in brackets horrors, play with stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, still we, we already know now that one of us waves figures over our collection. <laughs> or, uh, that <laughs> I was uh, actually just putting my Terax up on a shelf next to the accuser. So. You said waved. <laughs> You waved. Sorry, Justin. That's okay. And he just signs off. Um, still listening in the states. Rod in brackets. Marvel. Lovely. It's it's excellent. Really, yeah, it's great to um get some feedback ongoing from some people just to hear how much they're enjoying it. And Rod's actually given us a a few ideas. One of which we're going to respond to in a moment. So thank you, Rod, very much for for that. Now this um this next bit of feedback is actually quite um. Special and uh, a bit different. And Andy, you've got that to share for us. Yeah, this one comes from uh, Colin, who's um, affectionately known as Super Duper Toy Box. He's a member of Action Figure Blues, lovely fella. And he's written, uh, Guys, I love the podcast. Laughed out loud many times. In response to Scott's question about how the collecting hobby has come in handy or made a positive influence, to myself it's been mildly profound. Back in September of 2010, I quit drinking. Feeling out of place and unsure where to anchor, I began revisiting my childhood hobby of comics, action figures, followed close behind. Then my blog, Super Duper Toy Box, 
Eventually, I found Action Figure Blues and the forum and realised there were a lot of you out there like me with the same interests, from all walks of life. I didn't feel so alone anymore. A fine artist, my photography and blogging skills increased dramatically after starting the Super Duper Toy Box, helping me streamline my painting, fine arts blog as well. This directly affected local interest in my artwork, garnering interest in my paintings, and I rebounded this year with showings in two local galleries in St. Louis. Oh, cool. I even revisited my childhood interest in making art from some of these comic heroes for fun, a nice distraction from my regular work as a fine artist and unique things to share on the blog. Wow. Yeah. He then wow. talks about how he was also inspired to become much more physically fit during this time. Finally, he says, I didn't join AA. I just opened my comics and reopened my imagination. I've been alcohol-free for all this time, about 17 months. I tell people that in a very real way, these action figures kind of saved my life. At the very least, they brought joy back into it. So cheers to my fellow AFB forum mates and best on the great podcast. That's pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah, how cool Fantastic. is that? Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, you know, a great thing, and I know it's something that Colin has shared on his blog, and we did check with him just to make sure that he was okay for us to read that feedback out. But, you know, it is, uh, it's, it's great to hear um, stories of, um, of people, and I think it obviously says a lot about him and his character as a person that he was able to just find the determination within himself to do that. So, yeah, exactly. you know, great kind of response. That was responding to discussion from um, episode two. You know, are you out as a collector? Um, so, thank you, Colin, very much for that. Yeah, that was mm. amazing. I'm, um, I'm, I'm sure a couple of you guys are too, but I'm friends with Colin on Facebook, and yep. uh, you know, his posts are constantly full of sort of high spirits and you know he just comes across as, as the nicest guy and um you know his posts on facebook uh, are really fun to read he's a cool guy he is yeah, yeah it's he's a he's an inspiring fellow that's for sure yeah fantastic okay well we've got something very exciting to do and that is to uh, determine the winner of the Pimp the Podcast Ooh. contest. Ooh, very exciting. Now, j- just to remind people, this has been running for the last two episodes, and the idea was simply that to enter, all you needed to do was to help us get the word out there about the podcast in some way. So, as we said before, some people um, shared it on their own blog um, or their website. Some, some people shared it on their Facebook page or with their Twitter followers. And all we ask that you do is uh, send the proof in to us. And we actually ended up with 14 entries. So thank you very much, everybody who helped uh, spread a little bit of word about what we're doing. And we are going to reward one of you greatly in a moment with a fantastic prize box from Mike of Mike's Comics and stuff. Now, this is a prize that Mike has donated. Um, and as we said, when we announced this, we were blown away by um, what he came back with when we asked him if he was interested in offering a prize. Um, yay, Mike. Yay, Mike. Good on you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. So... Um, the person that we are about to draw is going to win a prize box that will include the uh, Marvel Legends Wave 1 Extremist Iron Man that we've just spoken about. It will include the Young Justice Aquaman and Aqualad 2-pack. It is going to include a um, Gang of Doctor Who figure. Um, 
and it is also going to include a Marvel Universe Iron Man 2020. And the the way that we're going to do this is I have um, numbered each of these entries, 1 to 14, just given them a random number, and to ensure the partiality of this, Justin, I'm going to ask you to pick a number between 1 and 14, and then I will tell you who the winner is. The pressure. Oh, the pressure. The, the pressure. <laughs> okay. oh, bloody I'm hell, Andy. I just did it at random. I just, I, I, I told these guys I had a system, but I wasn't going to tell them what it was. And that was totally too, um, you know, make it random. Cause if it was me just drawing names out of a hat, well then, you know, that, I mean, I, I suppose I could have just chosen the one person and numbered them one to 14, but you'll have to trust me on that. You've all got a number and Justin is choosing number drum roll. Uh, 11. Number 11. And that means that our winner is Massive Attack. Now, that Massive Attack um, is a podcast themselves, and they promoted us on their Twitter feed. So thank you very oh, much. Cool. And uh, I think that might be more than one person, which means that they can fight amongst themselves about who gets what. <laughs> but Massive Attack, we will be in touch with you uh, for some address details, and your prize box is going to be on the way from Mike's Comics and stuff. So thank you very much, everybody who entered. Congratulations. Yay. And Massive awesome. Attack, thanks awesome. very much for um, giving us a little bit of a hand and getting the word out there. I want to call shenanigans because Scott emailed me and said I was number 15. No, we did say right at the beginning that none of us were eligible. So even though um, I, I know that you've been out in Canberra wearing a sandwich board, um, and nothing else apparently. Um, you know, you're not you're not eligible. Sorry. So the the whole arrest for indecent exposure was all for nothing. <laughs> oh, not always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's just too exciting. We to have a break now. Uh, we'll be back in a moment to wrap things up and make one more special announcement. That brings us to the end of episode number five of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we really hope you might even consider coming back to listen again. You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast or past ones as well by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab, or you can subscribe at iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. Speaking of our feed, wherever you get it, um, next up after this episode, you're quite likely to hear something a little bit different. We mentioned at the beginning that um, we are creating a spin-off of the Action Figure Blues podcast, and next up after this, you're going to get the first episode of what we're calling the AFB Q&A. So the idea of this actually came from our friend Rod, or Marvell, who we spoke about before. In one of the first um, feedbacks that he gave us, he mentioned that he was interested in getting to 
know us a little bit more in terms of our individual collecting stories, what it was that inspired us to become collectors, a little bit more about our own um, hobbies and habits. And uh, we, we thought that was a great idea, but something that it was a bit hard to perhaps fit into the normal episodes without blowing them out to a time that you mightn't want to listen to. So we have put together just a little question and answer um, segment that we're going to record just one-on-one, so myself or someone else interviewing one of the other fellows, and uh, we're going to start by my, me interviewing Ben, and that will be the first episode of the AFB Q&A, and that's going to come out before episode six comes out, so it'll just be in the normal feed, so if you're subscribed to iTunes, you'll get it as per normal, it'll be up at the website, but we do hope that you listen and give us some feedback on what you think about that. You're looking forward to being in the hot seat, Ben? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, we're not going to bring up your criminal record or anything. It's okay. I don't think we have enough time. (laughs) That's that's another podcast. (laughs) We'll have to write really well to get another another spin-off series. (laughs) But but, um, please do let us know what you think about it. And once we're done interviewing each other, hopefully we'll be able to use the Q&A series to do some other interviews with either other collectors that we think that you might find interesting or maybe even some professionals in the industry as well if they'll talk to us. Indeed. Um, while you're at the Action Figure Blues website, you might also like to check out the reviews and the articles there, and perhaps visit some of our sponsors, like Mike's Comics and stuff, who we've talked about tonight, Big Bad Toy Store, and PopCulture.com, um, all of whom help keep the site running. Now, when we're not podcasting or blogging or doing other hobby-related activities, you can find us all at the Action Figure Blues Forum at AFBforum.com, and when we're there... I post as Andy, just to confuse things. Andy, who do you post as? Uh, you'll find me there as FB, which doesn't mean Facebook. It's actually short for Faithful Butler, but <laughs> I'm getting too old to say a name that long, so it's been FB the last few years. Fair enough. And <laughs> Justin posts as? Uh, Night Owl. Night Owl. And Ben, of course, is? Super sexy milkshake, but I just shot in mind the fish milkshake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means exactly the same thing, I'm sure. Um, we would love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics, and you can do it all by emailing us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, or you can join the Action Figure Blues forum and tell us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at AFBlues, and you can like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook. Well, we've made it to the end. It's been quite an episode. <laughs> quite, quite, quite a... That's for sure. Uh, that's <laughs> but um, it, it's been fun. We've done a little bit differently this time. We hope that you've enjoyed us. Please, Well, enjoyed us and enjoyed it. <laughs> Please let us know. And uh, we better get out of here. So say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. Bye. Oh man, this belching's gonna be a problem, I can just tell. Yeah, okay. Not just not just for you. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, alright. I've got it now. Hold <laughs> <laughs> up. Okay. I need uh, my- midnight, here we come. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!
Okay, I need my moment of silence so that I can. Um, you get... should do the three, two, one lead in. Or do do the Ben version. I need two seconds. Sure, no worries. Three, two, one. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that works okay for me. <laughs> And hey, we we have at least one you know factually incorrect thing in every episode, so well that's what, right. What the hell? <laughs> I'm sure one of our thousands well, of listeners that's why they pointed out. People are listening. That's right. That's right. We, we throw those little Easter eggs, you know, in there. Okay. All right. Shut, shut up. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, we've done so well. We really have. What do you mean, we? Shut up. Shut up, up, all of you. You're all fired. All right. Bobo Bobo the clown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right.